Hello, welcome to Ask the Expert, an award-winning daily live show from 8.30, although we're running a little bit late today because of some tech issues, I'm so sorry, um, to 9am to help small businesses. Uh, if you have any questions, you can ask them in the comments of the live feed. Um, we'd love to hear from you. And if you need any more advice, you can join the official Intuit Facebook uh, group, which is Intuit QuickBooks SMB community group. Um, and there are accountants and business experts on hand 24-7. So it's a really useful tool. During the live session, we'll be running a poll. So please do engage with it. And at the end, I'll reveal the results. Now, on the 3rd of March, you can attend the Intuit QuickBooks virtual event, QuickBooks Connect, which is a virtual event that brings uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners and accountants together to grow, learn and connect with each other. I am Claire Seal. Uh, as you probably read, I'm a writer, speaker and author talking about financial well-being and how we can bridge that engagement gap that exists between the personal and the financial. My career is relatively new and it came from a really personal place. Um, in March 2019, so nearly two years ago now, which is unbelievable to me, uh, I reached a breaking point in my relationship with money. Um, I, I started an Instagram account actually as a way of sort of journaling my feelings around money and documenting my journey out of debt, out of over £27,000 worth of credit card, store card and overdraft debt. Um, that had accumulated over kind of 10 years of, of not really knowing how to live within my means and some um, big life milestones like having children, getting married, those things that cost a lot of money. From my Instagram page grew a really large, engaged community of people. Um, and I was also given the opportunity to turn my passion and something very personal to me into my career. Um, I've been self-employed for almost two years now. Again, um, you know, quite unbelievable to me. Um, and every single piece of advice I've read about taking the plunge into starting your own business or being self-employed or just going freelance um, is to have uh, a financial cushion. And I had the opposite. I was still very much in the process of paying back my debt and finding my own sense of financial well-being. Um, but my decision, my decision to leave my job was quite a quick and easy one. Um, I'd recently changed jobs and my new role was very different from the job description. It was quite chaotic and stressful. It was for a startup. Um, the job title was as a digital marketing manager, but I think what the CEO really needed and wanted was the PA. Um, so I became sort of so stressed and anxious in that, that one morning in the car on the way to work, I completely lost my focus. I was worrying about what was gonna happen when I got there and I was in traffic and I drove into the back of another car. In a sort of moment of serendipity, when I got to work, I had an email from my previous employer asking me um, if I was available for some freelance work for 12 weeks worth. 
And I sort of felt like this was kismet, it was fate. You know, if I was going to take the plunge into being freelance, which I had been thinking about for a long time, um, now was my moment. And I gave my notice that afternoon. It's the best decision I've ever made. Since then, I've worked freelance as a writer, an author and consultant, and I founded the Financial Wellbeing Forum last summer because I wanted to create a digital media platform that addressed the deeper side of money um, and talk about finance in an emotionally intelligent and also judgment-free way. And I saw that there wasn't really that for people. Now, financial well-being is particularly important, I think, for self-employed people and business owners, because we often don't have that steady income um, and business quite often feels personal. Um, I think to most of us, our, our business and our personal are at least in some way interlinked, whether it's because we've launched a business from passion or from a great idea. So finance does kind of weave its tendrils into every single area of our lives. And I think it's like that for most people, but particularly when you are sort of running your own business. I have a, an approach to financial well-being that can be summed up in five steps. Um, which I'm going to talk you through now, because I think it's it's really important when we think about our personal finances, that we take quite a holistic view to that, and that we um, make sure that we're covering all of our bases. The first step is about making peace with past mistakes. We've all made mistakes with money, whether it's just buying a top that we couldn't afford or taking out a loan or taking on a mortgage that was too big and too much of a strain. Um, in the same way that we all make, <clears throat> we all make mistakes in business. Um, but it doesn't mean that they can't be overcome. It doesn't mean that we have failed. Um, <clears throat> So one of the things that I always recommend people do is to take a few moments to write down three mistakes that they have made with their money um, and to sort of think about why they were made and remember that the world didn't end. The second step that I talk about is separating your self-worth from your net worth. So thinking about yourself as separate from your finances and making sure that you're not defining yourself by how much you earn, how much you own or how much you owe is really, really important that we don't um, kind of define ourselves by our financial mistakes or successes because it's really important to have kind of a peaceful relationship with money that doesn't make us make our mood go drastically up and down in line with what we're earning. So what I quite often ask people to do here is to think about how um, they manage responsibilities successfully in other areas of their life, other successes that they have, other things of worth that they have and that they are. The third step is living with a budget and a budget that works for you, not on a budget, not like a sort of 
very uh, short-term, punitive, um, drastic thing, but a realistic budget that is basically just knowing what's coming in, knowing what's going out, and knowing what you're going to do with what's left over, having a plan. Um, so, I mean, I'd encourage you after this call to maybe have a little uh, divide of a page into, into two columns, write down your income on the left and your outgoings, your monthly outgoings on the right. Um, and just everything that you can remember off the top of your head and then compare it to your banking app or statements. Because um, often kind of our perception of what we're spending is very different from what we really are. And that can really help you to make a successful budget. The fourth step is learning to spend mindfully. Now, I think quite a lot of us are very careful about what we spend money on in our businesses and maybe not so much um, in our personal lives. So learning to spend mindfully is really, really important. And it's all about giving yourself the time and the space that you need to make conscious spending decisions. E-commerce is very geared up to um, making us make those decisions very quickly. Things like in-app shopping on Instagram, for instance, um, you know, we they retailers want the minimum number of clicks and the minimum load time so that we kind of have made our purchase before we've even thought about it. Um, so mindful spending is really crucial to being able to live with your budget as well. That's why there next to each other and the fifth one is planning for the future so it's it's really really vital I think to have a full rounded sense of financial well-being that you don't just feel like you're okay in the moment that you have a plan for the future you have a safety net and that you know where you're going in your financial life life so after the session again or right now if you want to I'd really encourage you to think about three financial goals one short term one medium term and one long term could be things like plan you know saving for a holiday maybe after the pandemic is done um or it could be um saving a house deposit could be paying off debt could be saving for retirement whatever it is it's really good to have um some goals so that you can make a plan to achieve them um, and that just about covers my approach to financial well-being. And I really, really hope that it's helpful in kind of structuring how you look after yours. Because at the end of the day, finance does belong in that in that well-being and self-care conversation. And we don't often see it there, but it's crucial to mental health, emotional health, and often physical health as well. So I think it's time to move on to some questions. Thank you so much for asking them. Um, the first question that we have is from Asif on Facebook Messenger. Uh, he asks, what is your advice for parents on discussing money with their children? I grew up in a family where money was all for adults and I think I could have been more responsible if I'd had the knowledge early on in life. Now, 
This is a really interesting question. Thank you so much, Asif. I think it's, it, it's brilliant because it's something that's been on my mind quite a lot lately. I have two children, the eldest of which is six, and we are very much trying to engage him with money. And there's actually research that suggests that uh, our core ideas and attitudes about money are formed between the ages of seven and nine, which is very, very young. And I think you're right. If your parents kind of hide money from you, you don't really know how to manage it. Um, And so I would really encourage just engaging in decisions. And also, you know, if you give your child a limit on how much they're allowed to spend or if they have their own pocket money to spend, bailing them out or adding an extra couple of pounds is fine sometimes but you don't want to be doing it all the time because you need to give them an idea of um affordability essentially now we actually use an app with our son um to kind of manage his pocket money manage his tasks and there's also a really great book called uh dosh by rashmi sadesh pande um which is all about money for children so some really great resources out there now I think we're realizing more and more the importance of this um so thank you so much Asif for a great question it's something that I'm really really interested in um and I would also say that you know we do need more education in schools I think it's it needs to be mirrored within the household and then within school as well because um, you know, we're taught a lot of things, or children are taught a lot of things, I should say, in PSHE, but personal finance, the curriculum's not very clear on it, I don't think. So I think both would be great. The next question that we've got is from Scott on Twitter DM. He says, good morning, Claire. Thank you. Good morning, Scott. Uh, what kind of assistance is available for debt management for people who may be struggling with bills and late fees? I have debt I very much want to pay off, but I'm not great with handling money. Um, I think the first thing that I would say, um, Scott, is that Debt is very, very common. (laughs) Um, You know, a lot of people have it. And I understand that feeling of being, feeling like you're not great with money and feeling quite alone in that. But actually, you know, the fact that um, an Instagram account that's essentially about paying off debt now has the following 70,000 people. And I get messages every day from people about um, how they're managing their debt. Um, just shows you how rife it is and how not alone you are so I think the first thing to do is to kind of make sure you're telling yourself that um, you know debt actually doesn't mean that you're terrible with money it just means that you have a problem that you need to solve Um, so I think that's kind of the first stage but the second thing that I would say is that there is loads of help available out there you can go to citizens advice or the money advice service you can chat to step change which is a debt charity um, about how you can overcome that and they will help you with things like budgeting tools Um, there are some great downloadable resources as well and I think it's it's often about having the right support um in place but thank you for asking that question um i think uh, you know it it's 
it takes quite a lot of courage sometimes to ask questions like that I certainly recognize that within myself so um thank you very much for that Scott the next question is Caesar from Facebook Messenger. Good morning. Good morning, Caesar. Um, is there any way to save money during this pandemic environment? Should we even stress about it now? I think this is a really great question because it sort of demonstrates how um, I heard someone say that we're all in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. You know, some people are in a super yacht and some people are in like a dinghy with holes in. Um, and so I think that the answer to the question actually is that it completely depends on your individual circumstances and priorities. So I think, <clears throat> sorry, I think the pandemic has made us all very aware of the need for a safety net, a financial safety net, but it's also created a situation where people are have less income maybe um, and might be less able to save. But then there might be some people who are actually saving money because they're still working full-time from home and they are able to save the money that they would be spending on commuting, socialising, all of those things. So I think that if you can save, it's a really good idea to maybe automate the money that you would be spending on your travel card or on socialising and just automate it on payday, put it straight into the um, into a savings account. If you're struggling to save, but it's still a priority for you, there are some things that can be quite helpful. Things like roundups on either your bank account or on um, saving apps. So where when you do spend, the money is rounded up and um, the, the difference is kind of put away. And those small amounts can add up to something quite significant quite quickly. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> I think saving where you can is great in this environment. But if you really can't and your priority is being able to afford your living costs, then definitely no, don't stress about it um, because everybody's in a completely different situation. Next, we have Stanislav on Instagram DM, <clears throat> which says, what's been your biggest takeaway uh, and learning from running my frugal year? Um, now, Stanislav, I'm not sure that I'm going to have time to answer that fully because it's been completely, it's transformed my life in so many ways. I think the first takeaway that I had from it was that so many other people struggle with money um, and that it is a very emotional thing for a lot of people, um, not just me. I really genuinely, when I set it up, I thought that it was just me who was struggling with these things. And, um, you know, that kind of feeling of not being alone really empowered me to push on with that journey to improve my finances. Um, so that's the first thing. And the second really big takeaway, um, I would say, would be is that um, you can't out earn a difficult relationship with money. Um, you just you just can't. I think that I hear from a lot of people who are earning, you know, quite big salaries and they're still really, really struggling in their relationship with money. So I think, you know, that that hit me like a like a lightning bolt when I realised that and that 
you know, a lot of us have some work to do on our relationship with money, regardless of um, whether, you know, we're earning a lower amount or a higher amount. And obviously, I will caveat that with the fact that you have to be earning a living wage in order for that to to apply, because, you know, below that, it's not really a personal finance issue. The next question that we have is uh, Rachel from Facebook Messenger. Good morning, Rachel. Um, she says, I'm self-employed since one year back and have not been putting anything aside for my pension. Running your own business, what do you think around this? It's stressing me a bit. I think it's really, really common to stress about pensions. Um, I certainly had like that kind of voice in the back of my head um, saying that, uh, you know, I should be putting something aside into my pension. And I actually just recently started um, using kind of a, a specialist app for self-employed pensions. So I have visibility on it. Um, and I've just been putting a small amount aside um, while my priority is kind of other, other things. Um, but I think, yeah, engaging with um, an app where you have visibility of your pension is a really great way to sort of, uh, you know, assuage those feelings of anxiety uh, about it a little bit. But also it motivates you to to put more of your income into there. Um, so quite a scary rule of um, um, is that if you've never paid into a pension before you should halve your age and that's the percentage of your earnings that you should be putting in there every month um, just until you retire which seems huge you know for me it would be 10.5 percent um, so you know oh no it wouldn't ignore me 15.5 percent um, so which seems like an awful lot um, but I think if you use that as a bit of a rule of thumb and then think about how much you can afford to put aside, then that's a really, really good way to um, approach it. But I understand that pensions are a bit, they can feel a little bit intimidating, but also they can feel um, like something that's quite a long way off. And so it's just a kind of monster lurking in the back of your brain rather than being kind of an immediate priority. Um, but I think that, you know, if, you, if you're just putting a little bit aside and you have visibility of that and you know that it's sort of in hand, then you can start contributing more as you can afford it and sort of think of it as buying yourself some time when you don't have to work. Um, that's how I kind of framed it for myself. Um, so thank you, Rachel. That was a, a great question. I think self-employed pensions are a huge, huge topic. The next question is from Lynn Marie uh, on Twitter DM. Thank you, um, Lynn Marie. Uh, she says, it's great to see you on Ask the Expert. Thank you very much. Um, I run my own business that I want to scale and invest in, but I'm also in personal debt. How have you thought about the balance between paying off debt, investing in your company <clears throat> and saving for the future? This is a great question because it's something that is very front of mind for me. I have been kind of chatting um with my accountant and also um you know with some of my peers about this and I think that it's very much um a, a personal decision obviously but my priority at the moment is um to kind of 
get my business to wash its own face financially so um you know enough money is going into it to uh pay for the things that it needs to to tick along um while I finish paying off my own personal debts um and then I think it will be more of an even split between investing in the company and saving for the future because actually when you think of it investing in your company sort of is saving for the future you know you're you're kind of investing in your own future um sort of uh your own future career and helping future you to thrive but obviously you know it does sometimes feel like a a bit of a risk when you're putting money into uh, a company but you know it I think it's if you believe in your business and it's doing well then investing um a little bit in your company is is great but I think you know you have to balance it it's what you feel comfortable with essentially um and I I sort of have feel like I've found balance at the moment now yes so thank you Limery for that great question um the, the next question is from Ava on Instagram stories. Good morning, Ava. Um, how would you measure emotional and financial well-being for yourself? Um, I think that quite often I'm sort of tempted to measure it against how I felt when my financial well-being was on the floor. You know, when I was having this really stressful time with money and I was kind of juggling small amounts of money from one account to another, trying to plug these holes in my budget that were growing and growing as my repayments got higher and other bills were, um, you know, really getting on top of me. Uh, And genuinely then money was the last thing that I thought about before I went to sleep and the first thing that I thought about when I woke up in the morning. And I think I don't think that's unique to people with financial difficulties. I think sometimes people who are doing very well actually still have that kind of real fixation on money. And I suppose what I how I measure it is how sort of neutral I feel towards my money. Um, you know, I, I think it is good to feel positive about your money. It's not great to obsess over how much you're earning and saving just as much as it's not great to obsess over, you know, to, to feel you have to obsess over how much debt you have or, or how you're not coping. So I think it's about finding a real nice balance and middle ground where you're at peace with your finances. Um, but I, again, really, really good question. I'm really loving these questions, guys. Thank you so much. Um, so, yeah, I think that financial well-being for me is about living peacefully with your finances and um, feeling in control, knowing how much is coming in, how much is going out and having a plan for the future. And I think that you can have a great sense of financial well-being. I feel like I have a really good sense of financial well-being now, even though I still have a bit of personal debt to pay off. And I, um, you know, also still uh, would would like to save, you know, for a house, for instance, we're still renting, but I feel like I have this really strong sense of financial well-being. So the last question that we have 
Thank you so much, everybody else, for asking your questions. It's from Fabian on um, Facebook Messenger. So he says, do you think the mindset of young adults has changed in comparison to those a decade ago? If so, positively or negatively, and why? This is, again, this is a fantastic question. It's a brilliant question because um, I think the generational change, um, I mean, 10 years ago isn't really a generation, but the generational change in attitudes towards finances is absolutely fascinating um, because basically um, it means that we're, we're all sort of measuring ourselves by the same milestones that our parents did, you know, kind of get a job, get married, buy a house, have children, you know, there's a very, there's a kind of blueprint for what a successful life is supposed to be like um but actually the affordability of all of those things has really really changed you know house prices have skyrocketed wages have stagnated um and so it is very very difficult um for us to feel like we measure up or can measure up um so it's um, yeah, I, I think that we are having a difficult time. You know, if you're of the sort of millennial generation, you have been through two huge recessions during your adult life, um, which I think does affect your money mindset and your sense of financial well-being because those big life milestones might feel out of reach. Um, so, yeah, it, it's it's a tricky one and I think it's quite individual but I would say that actually um I think it really has changed and I think um hopefully I'd like to see it change again to be something slightly more positive um but yeah thank you Fabian I, I it's the topic I love talking about I could talk forever on it um so yeah that was the last question but we now have the poll results in so we asked you, do you have a good sense of financial well-being? And 60% of you said yes, and 40% of you said no. So I'm really, really, really um, pleased to see, you know, the scales tipped in the favour of yes. But also 40% is quite um, a high percentage. You know, it's just just under half of people are struggling with their with their sense of financial well-being. And, and you know, if you're one of the people who answered yes, then, you know, congratulations. It's a really hard kind of state of equilibrium to reach. So really sincerely, congratulations. Um, but if you answered no, I'd really encourage you to maybe rewatch go back to the to the five steps that I talked about before and maybe do some of those exercises because that will hopefully set you up um to on, on the path to a better sense of financial well-being I really really hope that it that it does um and and that brings it things to a close so thank you all for tuning in. If you want to um, get in contact with me, you can find my Instagram account at um, my frugal year and at the FW forum, which is the financial wellbeing forum. Um, 
Coming up on Ask the Expert tomorrow is Rachel Martin, who's the founder and director of Accountant underscore She, uh, a female-led accountancy firm that specialises in working with female entrepreneurs, influencers and business owners. Um, I'll definitely be tuning in. (laughs) So you can tune in to learn how you can use the apprenticeship and kickstart scheme to grow your team and your business. Don't forget to join the official Intuit QuickBooks SMB group on Facebook uh, and also register for QuickBooks Connect, uh, which is on the 3rd of March. Um, You might remember, you can find the link in the comments. I've really, really enjoyed uh, answering your questions this morning. I hope that you have a really, really great day, everyone. Thank you.